Just a quick note before the episode begins, the PIP podcast is for entertainment purposes only. It is not a medical podcast and does not constitute medical advice. Always seek the advice of a doctor or health professional. Welcome to the PIP podcast, where we speak unapologetically about everything that affects people with uteruses. Funky poops, periods, chronic pain, you name it. PIP is here to talk about it all with plenty of laughs. So let's get Pippin. Hello and welcome back to the Pip Podcast. I'm your host, Veronica. I'm your other host, Amanda. Amanda, what are we talking about today? Moon time, sisters. Yes, they are uh, super amazing. I was going to call them a not-for-profit, but I think they're a charity. Yeah, they're a charity, charity organization. Yes, that does. Um, they run off primarily volunteers. Mm-hmm. They do amazing work um, to help eradicate period poverty in northern remote isolated communities in Canada. They do super amazing work. And we had mm-hmm. the opportunity to speak to Nicole White, the founder of Moontime Sisters. How lucky are we? Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Most lucky. This uh, little podcast side biz hustle that we are doing is pretty much the coolest. I know. We get to meet such cool We're very people. lucky. I know we are. Mm-hmm. We're so lucky. I love this for us. But yeah, we have, we're <laughs> going to talk about that today. And um, so Moontime Sisters, also known as their acronym MTS. Um, if you're a Canadian, you'll likely have heard about them or read about them in some kind of a news clipping on the CBC or they have graced your Instagram feed. Um, they mm-hmm. have grown to include four chapters. So Saskatchewan, Ontario, where we are, rep, Manitoba and British Columbia. And they've partnered with over 65 Northern Indigenous communities across Canada and have been able to ship over 2 million period products to high schools, elementary schools, midwifery organizations, healthcare centers, friendship centers, shelters, food banks, and community programs across almost every single province and territory in Canada, which is crazy and amazing because Canada is mm-hmm. massive. We are like the third largest landmass, if you didn't already know that. And they are the only Indigenous-led period equity group in the whole entire country. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, we're a huge that country. Crazy. But no surprise that a bad ass indigenous mm-hmm. lady like Nicole White is just she's making badass. change. She sure is. Yeah. yeah. So Nicole like literally White exploding. Literally, she started Moontime Sisters in 2017. That is like actually not that long ago. No, it's not. And long ago they at all. have it's just like five years ago. Six. They have yeah. Oh my god, that makes me feel old. 2017. That feels like yesterday. <laughs> I'm still stuck in 2017. Um, she's won a bunch of awards too. She has. So she's a registered social worker. She's based out of Treaty Six territory. Mm-hmm. She is Métis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rep Amanda. <laughs> um, and she also does work uh, her a lot with her social work background with another organization. And she leads um, an organization called Enough Already Saskatchewan which is a project that strives to prevent and address sexual harassment in Saskatchewan workplaces. So she is just like a badass feminist across the board. And we stand, we really do. She also yeah. um, has helped implement three laws 
in the province of Saskatchewan through her advocacy work. And she has received multiple awards, some including the Saskatchewan Centennial Medal, the L'Oreal mm-hmm. Women of Worth Award, like L'Oreal, like the L'Oreal, like the massive brand. Massive, and, massive brand. Yes, and the YWCA Women of Distinction Award. Also huge. Also huge. Like, she, like YWCA is like a women-specific Y and CA, so you can have a good time. You can hang with your friends. Yes. You can have a good meal. <laughs> <laughs> you can do whatever you feel. With Nicole leading, you absolutely can because yeah. all the work she does is putting community first and her mandate that she created with Moontime Sisters is to eradicate period poverty. Like, hello. There's not yeah, much so that cool. gets better than that. She really is. So we have an amazing conversation with her talking about her work, our Moontime Sisters hurt. work. Yeah, we our faces hurt from laughing, um, which is seems to be a theme, a good theme whenever we have guests on. Uh, yeah, so she's going to talk about Moontime Sisters, the work they're doing, but also we have great convos about period stigma and period poverty more mm-hmm. writ large. Um, so whether you're one of our non-Canadian listeners or not, this is definitely a really great episode to listen to. And she gives some really great tidbits on how to work within your own communities, Canada or not, um, to help with access to period products for those in need down your street. Yeah, we get a little bit more personal too, if you want to learn a bit more about it. We share a little tidbit in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. So we hope you enjoy (laughs) because we sure did. And we know you will. We know you will. You always do. Right? Mm. yeah so as always without further ado here is our episode with nicole white of moontime sisters enjoy enjoy today we are so excited to be joined by nicole white of moontime sisters which is a volunteer-led organization that supports menstruators in the North by collecting and shipping menstrual products to remote communities across the country, across Canada, as we're in Canada here, where access is limited and costs are prohibitive. And Nicole White herself is a Métis registered social worker based in Treaty Territory 6. And she founded Mood Time Sisters in January 2017, which is the only Indigenous-led period equity organization in the whole entire country. So welcome to the PIP podcast, Nicole. We're so happy that you're here. I am so thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. Absolutely. We we haven't personally shared this on our podcast, but Amanda and I are actually also both um, have Indigenous roots. So and in our personal and professional lives outside of PIP, we basically do our whole lives <laughs> and work professionally and personally really revolve our indigeneity and the work that we do with communities. So we love that this is just a big old combo of all of that. So welcome to Pip and please yeah. introduce yourself <laughs> to all of us, add on to your spiel, however you'd like to do that. My spiel. I think <laughs> I am an activist, an organizer, a partner, a mother, and um overall just a bit of a troublemaker <laughs> in the I best way possible in the best ways possible I like to joke that um, if I were to have a personal tagline it would be like Nicole White lock, likes to talk about 
uncomfortable things that seems oh, to we should add that oh, to I love that. <laughs> we should add troublemaker and likes to talk about uncomfortable things to our uh email sign off 100 percent. yeah absolutely. i love that we're gonna take that <laughs> taken absolutely go for it yeah so i i have been i've done a lot of advocacy and within my work and obviously as a social worker i've worked with marginalized communities and harm reduction mm-hmm. and with um, immigrant or refugee serving communities and have done a little bit of everything within the queer community. And somehow uh, all of these intersections led to me starting um, a period equity organization a few years ago. And I've been so, so lucky to meet the most extraordinary people that want to do the work alongside with me. So uh, the incomparable Veronica Brown in Ontario, Neha in BC, and we've got Janessa in Manitoba, who all function as chapter leads, and they help support sending product out to northern and remote communities across the country. That is like so cool. I love that so much. Yeah, I I have a question. Oh yeah, go for it. I noticed that you have a U Ottawa Instagram. Are you also ha- do you have a, a lead in at Ottawa U? Yeah, there is actually there is only one campus club in all of the country for Moon Time, and it works in partnership wow. with the Ontario chapter. So yeah, we've oh. got a signed MOU with them, and they just do incredible work every single year. As Ontarians, we uh, believe that we are the center of the universe, so we love to hear it. <laughs> And Amanda's in Ottawa, so yeah, I am. Uh, I actually live really close, close to Ottawa. You, yeah, she does. <laughs> yeah, oh, just super close oh. to it. Because you're in I'm Saskatchewan, in... right? Yeah, I'm in Saskatoon. Yes, nice. I lived in Saskatoon for a summer once. Uh, going into law school, I had to take property law in Saskatchewan at the university the summer before starting. It was like mm-hmm. a mandatory thing for Indigenous students, um, and so I spent a whole summer living in Saskatoon, right on the water. It was quite an experience. I had never in a million years that I was going to like be in the prairies, let alone like live in the prairies for three months. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, it was nice. It was like a beautiful area. They lived in right on the water yeah. near the school. It's really pretty. Mm-hmm. After we're done the podcast, you'll have to tell me who your professor is because I probably know them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I it's, it was, it, it was a long time ago, but I, I shall recall for sure to see who, yeah, if you know them. So could you tell us a little bit more, Nicole, about what Moontime Sisters does and why, like, what is the why behind it? Give us the extended elevator pitch of like when it was kind of like mulling in your brain and <laughs> What really drove it? Yeah. yeah. Were you like sitting and having tea over at night or yeah. How did this idea come to you? Yeah, no, I, so hmm, I read a story on, on CBC that said that young people were missing school because they didn't have access to menstrual products. And if you spend any time with me, I will want to talk about an issue, but instead of just complaining about it, I want to move to action. So mm-hmm. um, I reached out to, um, who was interviewed in the story. So at the time it was an MP, her, her name is Georgina. She's now a mayor actually in Lalash, Saskatchewan. And I reached out and talked to her staff and I was like, what can I do to help? So the crux of the story was really focusing on menstrual cups, which I think are really valid and really important. But I also recognize how personal everyone's journey is with menstruation. So Mm -hmm. that's why I wanted to provide the full spectrum of products. We're one of the few organizations across the country that provides the full spectrum of products. So when a community reaches out, they can pick cloth pads, um, 
single-use pads, tampons, menstrual cups, and period underwear. Uh, period Whoa, underwear. you wow. do too? I love period underwear. It is my newfound obsession. It's the and I never thought I would be. I never <laughs> yeah. thought I'd be that kind of girl, but I am. Yeah, free bleed. <laughs> well, yeah, we we are we love the free bleed. As the older we get, the more we appreciate we appreciate it for sure. But it's true. It's so it's so personal. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I think too, it a lot has to do with what you have access to, meaning outside of that, right? Because you're giving to communities and individuals who don't have as much access, if not at all, to period products, kind of like writ large, but also. Running water is a really big issue in a lot of remote and isolated communities, specifically First Nations mm-hmm. communities throughout Canada. So I know a, a big conversation around period products in general is about sustainability and having things that you can reuse, which like a huge fan of. But if you don't have access to clean and affordable drinking water, let alone water that you can be like sanitizing your reusable products in, it becomes another issue that I think kind of gets oversighted in a lot of those conversations about period equity and period poverty. I wholeheartedly Mm -hmm. agree. I think a lot of our work is really digging into that conversation. I have a lot of um, well-intended donors reach out and the conversation See, I see Moontime Sisters as an act of ongoing reconciliation. I think that's, you know, it's reconciliation in action and how we can support our Northern partners, our Northern menstruators. And and when I hear donors, it's always the same pitch. Uh, The conversation always starts with, you know what those girls really need. And it's always with, Um, I understand the tone and I understand the intention mm -hmm. is good, but right. So that's why we tried to create a space for education around why articulating what a community needs is not really how we function as an organization. Mm-hmm. Your body or cho- choice is absolutely paramount to us. And really recognizing, you know, for me, I used a, a menstrual cup for a very long time. And and it took me a long time to decide if I liked it or not. And mm-hmm. when I had a baby, it just didn't work for me anymore. And really recognizing mm-hmm. that everybody's everybody's journey is so unique and and providing people the choice and the autonomy to choose what they like and what they prefer is really important. Yeah. So, yeah. And accepting that those things change and being able yeah. to do that when you don't have regular access, like that's amazing because somebody could be trying tampons because their friend used them and then they, that could not work for them. Maybe mm-hmm. they prefer the underwear, or the menstrual cup or whatever else, but being able to purchase that, like a menstrual cup, is about what fifty dollars? Yeah. And then what happens if you lose it? You probably need a backup. Yeah. Yep. And that's just like way too much money for somebody to be able to spend if they could even access it, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. Well, and that's the piece we also forget to talk about is when we talk about uh, food insecurity in the north. I think a lot of folks mm-hmm. are familiar with the costs mm-hmm. of uh, what a good healthy food is in the north it's five six times what you see in in a community like mine and it's the same thing with menstrual products so what I can buy for five dollars here is fifteen twenty dollars depending on where you're at if they have that and we had major issues during the pandemic with um, flights, like airlines not running in the north. Mm-hmm. And there were tons of shortages that we were having to navigate. And we had shipments that were just sitting in warehouses waiting for sometimes five, six months, just waiting to go out because there was no airplanes even going out. 
So um, it's wow. definitely been a really good lesson and privilege for me and mm-hmm. recognizing how we really want to meet people where they're at whenever we can. Yeah, it's it's so simple to take being able to have access to tampons or pads or whatever it is at the drop of a hat. Like, mm-hmm. it's just something that if you grew up having that, like, I know for me, I take for granted the fact that I know I can always just go to any store and buy a box of tampons if I need to, no matter where I am. Like, I shared a story in one episode, I was going up to, to see Amanda in Ottawa, and I had to stop at some random gas station. I paid like $10 for the a cardboard box tamps, four cardboard tampons. But like that, that was nothing for me. Like, it was an annoyance, but it wasn't like detrimental that I couldn't did that like you would be okay and you'd be able to use like another 20 to purchase more of the tampons that you actually use exactly where and I and I grew up always having access to that where Amanda has a different story with access to period Mm -hmm. products and growing up yeah like at my house my uh, family couldn't afford tampons so sometimes I was stuck using toilet paper and then uh, when I was at school especially in high school I went to a Catholic high school so but it was very like hush hush about period and menstruation mm-hmm. so I didn't have anybody to ask and uh, it was yeah it was awful I would skip school when I was on my period if my like parents couldn't afford to buy me products mm-hmm. <laughs> so this so like also part. sits home with me for sure mm-hmm. It totally is. And the amount of people who have like slid me a 20 and said, I've been there. Thank you for what you're doing. That's why like, I know this hits home for so many people. I Mm want to thank you for your vulnerability in regards to sharing that, because that's, I think it's so important that we hear stories like that because um, yeah, you're not alone in that experience. what my mom was thinking but she handed me and this is dating myself but she handed me like a <laughs> top stories a uh, uh, top questions that teens ask dear abby and oh my god what a flashback right right and she also gave me a box of ob's so if you remember ob's oh, don't yes! know, not the OBs. those are the worst that's where my mom's hardcore she's hardcore and I, I still need to bring it up with her I'm like why did you start with OBs Anyways. that was your first ever tampon was an OB for those who don't know they still exist you can still buy them but they are they're just Zero applicator the tampon there's no applicator or do they even have strings I can't even remember that but you just they do you just you just pop it up there you it yeah. just it's a raw dog tampon <laughs> it is a raw dog tampon <laughs> yeah, there was there was definitely a journey of self-discovery that was navigated to make that tampon. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Did she hand you a mirror? That's like what my mom did when I had a tampon. She's like, take a look. <laughs> Evolutionary. I yeah, it did help. <laughs> That's Yeah, but I was like, what am I looking at? Yeah, like <laughs> look like, for what? <laughs> yeah. It's coming out of my pee hole. I don't know. <laughs> I've never talked about this vagina that I have. Oh my god! Do you find like your relationship with these kinds of conversations and topics changing one after you started Moon Times and it started to grow, but two after becoming a mom? 
Oh gosh, that's a great question. So I, I've always been a feminist. So, you know, talking about, I, I don't, not probably not about mirrors with my girlfriends, but I absolutely <laughs> definitely would talk about menstruation openly with friends, but I love it. It, it feels like there's floodgates that just open with anybody who learns about the project just wants to tell me a story. And I'm like, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Like creating space for that sacredness and, and the ability for people to talk about their journey. I just think it's so powerful that we're empowering people to talk about their own personal uh, journey with their own body. So yeah, no, absolutely. It has changed. And I think of my daughter. So my mom is a nurse. So she was very much like, give me the nursing manual with the the, mm-hmm. the the transparency of like here's the muscles here's the, yeah. so like, <laughs> the very clinical in regards all to the that. like latin and anatomically correct terms <laughs> i didn't get it at all but i think of my daughter and she's five and a half and she knows that you need um you need a uterus and an egg and a sperm to make a baby. She knows that those eggs wow. come out that I don't use every month in the form of a period. Uh, so there's just that openness to that conversation. So she knows she will probably bleed at some point in her life. So there's a lot of transparency in regards to um, what what will happen when she comes of age and and starts moving into that part of her life. So I'm really excited to create that space for her. And, you know, recognizing that we're named after a, a coming of age ceremony. So mm-hmm. in Indigenous yes. culture, it really honors the fact that people are becoming adults when you start menstruating. And uh, within Indigenous culture, I think it's okay for me to share this part. I am not an elder, so I won't go into a specifics, mm-hmm. but um, it's okay for me to say that at that that um, that that ritual that they surround them with the adults in their life so they can embrace their new roles in their community and in their family and honoring this next step in their journey towards adulthood. So I'm just really proud that I'm a part of empowering um, menstruation and destigmatizing it every chance I can get. And and I've got a little kid who. Um, when I'm packing my suitcase for a, a a a trip away, my daughter will be like, "Did you pack? Did you pack your pads, mommy?" And like that's something. She has. Oh, oh, that's so okay. cute. Like, yeah, but she's also like, it's she's cute. been around it. They were like mm-hmm. really great uh, building blocks to play with in the in the living room when I was packing a box. Right, they're squishy and soft. <laughs> so yeah, true. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's uh, I couldn't even imagine. I was terrified when I had my period because yeah. nobody ever talked about it like that. <laughs> I thought I was bleeding to death. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Amanda like, actually thought she was dying when she got her first period. Yeah. She like truly was, thought yeah. she was gonna not wake up in the morning. <laughs> that's so scary. I was at a birthday party wearing like a white skirt from the Gap. <laughs> Yeah, it was new too. I was so excited about it because I got invited to this friend, this girl's birthday. <laughs> yeah. And then I got my period in it. So I'll never forget it, but I definitely thought I was going to die. I'm really sorry that I'm so sorry. If you ever choose to have children, <laughs> I'm very happy you'll be able to heal some of that work in regards to how you talk to a menstruating child you have. Definitely. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll uh, unpack that when if I when I have children and if they are a girl, even if they are that like wherever they come out, I'm just going to be like, this is what his period is. And yeah. my nephew actually asked me about a period because I had to bring him in the washroom with me, and I was like, you just got to wait here. And then 
he looks and he's like, Dito, what's that? And then I was like, that's a tampon. And then he was like, what's that for? And I was like, well, once a month, something happens and I have to bleed so that I can make children. And then he's like, are you making babies? Is that coming out of your butthole? And I was like, no, it's it's your vagina. And (laughs) no, I'm not making babies right now. (laughs) But it was really cute. Just asking that. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, and I think, you know, creating that space for them to be able to know that you're the auntie who will give honest answers to good questions Mm -hmm. when you come up, right? And that's really powerful stuff. Really powerful stuff. (laughs) When we're talking about like, yeah, period stigma, like we kind of just brief, like brushed over, like why some of it exists because people are not like educated and like it's not something that people talk about openly whereas like an indigenous culture it's like actually like when a woman's most powerful and like Mm -hmm. when they first get their period um like during her moon cycle or like moon time then we are like yeah the the strongest we can be and we should be trying to do things that are like really important to us and like bringing out our creativity and things like that whereas Mm -hmm in like other cultures it seemed as like gross and sometimes people are like cast aside when they're bleeding and things like that but how can we as like myself and Veronica but like also people listening change the way that we talk about periods or think about periods like what are some few pointers for people to kind of bring into their life to like help break down stigma well and I think I think asking some of those questions that you are clearly articulated so very well is like, where am I getting that internal message? And who did I come, who did I get that from? And is it based mm-hmm. on reality? Um, when I think of moon time and it being such a powerful time of rejuvenation, growth and renewal, I mean, and if you add just a reframe to it, a reframe of that re-renewing of yourself, uh, literally from the inside out, yeah. <laughs> just so exciting to sort of uh, look at menstruation in a different way and I fully recognize that menstruation can be really painful and truly awful for folks so I just I don't want to diminish that fact that that uh, that experience Mm -hmm. is what everybody can experience but just sort of reframing what that time of the month looks like for you and and you're right I I we are the most powerful at that time and I don't know have either of you birthed children no. Okay. No. You know how you joke about uh, pregnant women being like hormonal and blah, 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 blah. I, I, I hope if either of you ever decide to birth children, I have never experienced like I had a heightened sense of power. It felt like I was mm. like that, that heightened sense of, I just had like no tolerance for bullshit. I had no, <laughs> and I would just, and I just like, I swatted it away. And I was like, no time for misogyny, no time for, I'm like, no, I'm not even going to play Kate right now. Mm-hmm. And there's, just sort of like, there's times where my husband, my partner was like, oh. <laughs> he's like, I've never, I've never seen you be like this, but this is amazing. <laughs> like, I just, I just want to embody that more in my real life. I, mm-hmm. I believe uh, myself to be a very strong advocate, but I for sure have n- grown up in a misogynist society uh, where patriarchy, I'm navigating it and wading in it every single day, right? So 
um, yeah, maybe we all just need to step into our, our menstrual power more every single day. And, and just reframing like that, I think can be a really powerful opportunity for anybody. It definitely can be. And like, that's something that Amanda and I are trying to actively learn is like to have even, you know, kind of work with it. Yeah. Yeah. Stop working (laughs) against something that we can't control. Yeah. And I think part of that for us, and I know a, a lot of people of our generation is we try to control it for so long at such a young age via birth control of, of any kind of mm-hmm. sorts. And we're big believers that, you know, Western medicine can, can save lives and it's great and it has its place and birth control can be within that. But we are of personal generations and, and experiences where we definitely abused <laughs> birth control birth and control. Yeah. may not have it like candy. Yeah. And may not have <laughs> been necessarily, I think in the right educational and mature mind frames to be knowing what we were doing long-term mm-hmm. as well as short-term while taking it. And so I know when you like for myself, even coming off birth control for so long, I was on it for like almost 10 years to then re- be diagnosed with a bunch of issues that were pretty much being masked by the birth control. Mm-hmm. I had this like internal struggle of like, did I do this to myself? I know I didn't give myself endometriosis, but did I do this to myself by like exasperating the issues for so long by being in this mind frame that like, I don't want my period. So I'm going to keep popping these birth control pills and just skip the sugar pills because I don't even want a fake one. And like just this idea mm-hmm. of, trying to control something that is in some ways the most natural thing that we can do as people with uteruses. So it's definitely like a bit of a thought process and like a thinking exercise to force yourself to go through that, whether you, you end up having a diagnosis or you, you, you don't Mm -hmm. ideally, and hopefully you don't, but it definitely is something to, to work through. And, you know, for myself coming from a family who was enfranchised under the Indian act, colonization definitely skewed views of femininity, masculinity, and just the Mm -hmm. natural order of our bodies that we're given, um, including what it is to have a period and, and to menstruate. I'm lucky I have a mom who kind of started to break that and wasn't weird about periods. I mean, she had three daughters, so she couldn't be. Um, and uh, a dad who realized, yeah, I'm surrounded by women in my in my life, so I better get used to it. There's it, it is what it is. There's nothing gross about it. But you know, I have I have cousins who who aren't the same and and can in different communities who I've grown close with, whether it was through schooling or work that I did, who who, who don't have that same thing. Um, and some of them grew up in community and it's still something that is not fully embraced in the ways that, that it was, um, at, I will say a better time for a lot of us. So, and, and whether you have indigenous roots or not, or, or you're coming from any kind of culture, I think I see it in the same ways in a, in a lot of different cultures and communities as well. Like for example, I married, um, to someone who is Muslim. So he's comes from a very conservative culture and background mm-hmm. where like, you can't even like be in the same room as a woman at a, at a wedding, let alone talk about the fact that you have a period. Mm. 
Yeah. I'll be curious to see how that experience unfolds if you do decide to have kids at some point in time, because that, wow. wow. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky that he is very much separated yeah. from those old conservative mindsets. And I think part of it is his, his mom is very much of the opinion that that should like stay in the olden times. Um, she's extremely feminist and progressive and she's wonderful. And, um, I see it though with extended family because him and his sisters were born and raised in Canada where the rest of his family was born and raised in Pakistan. So even them coming over to Canada and the U S as teenagers and adults and living their life here, like it's, it's a weird dynamic to be the same age as someone with such different views or not even views themselves, but like upbringings that they, they won't even say like, do you have a tampon? Like, do you have, do you have something? Or they just won't say it. Like, it's like, do you want a tampon? I always have a tampon. Like I'll yell it. I carry the tampon with me to the bathroom. I don't even put it in my shoe or my pocket anymore. And like also recognizing that people are at their own journey to think of of that. Yeah, it's it's a whole thought process. I'm, I'm sure you probably maybe have shared. Did you hide your tampon ever? Too. Have I'm, you ever hid your tampon to like go to the bathroom, or do you still? Oh my gosh, are you asking that question to me? Because I for sure have a yes, story. Yes, I am, Nicole. I, yes, please um, tell us. So in so in the late 90s, I was in my early 20s, and I just gotten my like my first broadcasting job. So. Uh, anyways, so I had to walk from the newsroom to the bathroom and you, do you see the, so I grabbed my purse mm-hmm. and, uh, and the news director, this is in rural Saskatchewan. The news director said, smells like fish. Ew. What? Yeah. Yeah. And that was acceptable in that workplace. It was awful. So oh my God. I, so I feel like we've changed. Oh <laughs> we've evolved a little with the times, but I never can assume that we're all on the same pace. So I think we all have a, uh, a long ways to go, but I don't think we're there anymore. At least I hope not. I guess just. Um, yeah, I hope not too. To, yeah, right. It was atrocious and awful. And I was dumbfounded and silent. I'm sorry that happened to you. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with it. He's, he was a gross, awful human being uh, to his yeah. core. Um, but is the flipping back to the cultural piece, I think um, one of my lessons, because I didn't grow up within my culture, I absolutely, um, my mm-hmm. personal journey is around coming back to culture. Um, mm-hmm. And it was out of survival that my parents moved away from the culture. They 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 didn't grow up in it and they didn't have the language. My grandfather my family did. either. Um, so and I'm not alone in regards to being indigenous looking and white passing. Um, I don't mm-hmm. sound indigenous, but I specifically went back to First Nations University of Canada to get my undergraduate and that type of thing because I I want to prioritize this work personally in my life. Mm-hmm. So, um, and a part of that learning is recognizing I think I, I, because I didn't grow up in, in the community uh, on a reserve or um, that type of thing, I, when we first started sending packages out for Moontime Sisters, um, and if they asked for, this is before we had, um, we all are all about learning and growing and pivoting as we learn and to do better. And, and I remember sending up like 
tampons and pads to every community. And that was before we had gotten the customized package. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to somebody and they were like, don't, not in this community. You don't need to send tampons. And it was, it was a learning I had to have that um, a lot of communities did not want tampons because they saw it as like, it was like a, a stopping penetration of energy, potentially oh. like yeah, potentially. Um, but also it was like stopping that flow that is supposed to happen during menstruation. So uh, plugging that up that way was not not acceptable within a number of communities uh, within uh, within um, both Saskatchewan and beyond. So it's been a learning lesson for me as, wow. as a person who wants to do right by the community is that I just send tampons out when they're requested and mm-hmm. and by far uh, the number one product that people are asking for are single use single use uh, pads for sure interesting I feel like I feel like growing up like as a true millennial like in the 90s and 2000s is just so indoctrinated through like media and like movies and tv shows use a that, tampon. like you use a tampon so yeah, like this I this idea that everyone just like uses tampons. I feel like that's something I had as like a teenager, even into my early twenties. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the thought process of using anything but a tampon was like disgusting to me. Why? I, I don't know. I can't tell you. Because people can that's tell fun. you're on your period. And also thong underwear was like huge. Oh yeah. That time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thong underwear and pads, like when they came out with the thong pad. Did anybody try it? I don't. I didn't oh try yeah, it. we randomly. Oh, it didn't slip um, around. <laughs> sometimes they'll get donated, so I'll send them up. But um, okay. I don't. I've. I don't. There's even hey. pure thong underwear that you can buy. Like there is Nick's. Nick's yeah. has it. I don't have that. I have like the full, the full booty cheek ones because that seems questionable. Um, yeah, because sometimes the thong will slip. Like yes, I, I agree. Yeah. However, thong panty liners for when it's like the very, very, very end or the very beginning and you, and you barely have anything, I will say those slap and I do use those, but I, that's, ah, that's the extent they don't of even it. Move. Some of them okay. do. And those ones suck, but you can get ones with like little teeny BB little butterfly wings and then it doesn't move. Oh, <laughs> you need mm. the butterflies. That's yeah, you do. It up. <laughs> <laughs> that is what changes it up. So Nicole, can you, can you talk us through, um, what someone can do, whether they're here in Canada through yourselves Mm -hmm. or other organizations, even like local food banks, for example, like whenever I do food bank donations, I do menstrual products personally. That's something that I always do. Um, we always, my sister, my, my little sister lives with me. So every year at Christmas, we do a massive uh, shop for food banks and like half of what we do is always we go to Costco and we buy like the big packs of different tampons and pads um that's something like we think is really important but so what would you say for someone who is listening and whether they're in Canada or we have a lot of people who listen in the states um what mm-hmm. can they be doing to help with period poverty in their own communities as well as beyond through like yourselves giving to communities that aren't maybe local to yourself? I love that question. So <laughs> obviously I'll talk about moon time first. Yes, so please. depending on where you're living in Canada, we have drives throughout the year. So Saskatchewan has our drive coming up in October. 
uh, Ontario just announced that they were pushing their drive to the springtime. So a drive typically lasts a full month. And this is where we ask our community members to do a drive within your community, within your uh, workplace, school, spiritual community, and get a collection of products that can be brought to um, particular drop spots for moon time. And then we sort, count, pack, and then we ship it up. So that is um, one of my favorite parts of, of Moontime Sisters is getting everyone together, getting a, a group of a room of people together who are all passionate about period equity mm-hmm. and creating space to do that work. Um, it is really lovely community. Yeah, please. Uh, you should definitely reach out to the U of O uh, to find yeah, out. Amanda, you should. I, I am going to. Yeah, I was creeping the yeah. Instagram and I was like, oh, okay. This looks oh, fun. Yeah. You can oh, walk yeah. there. Totally. I can walk oh. there. Yeah, it was probably the hardest part of the pandemic that we weren't able to do those big, large gatherings, right? So really excited to have those back. Yeah. If if physical stuff and and being in large spaces with people you don't know isn't something you're really comfortable with, uh, you can always donate online. So True North Aid is um, the organization that sort of hosts Moontime Sisters. They have, it's an umbrella organization that hosts uh, Moontime as well as a number of great organizations serving uh, Northern Canada. And uh, you can donate online there and uh, is through e- e-transfer check, um, whatever kind of donation you would like. And um, if you're like Moontime Sisters, I'm not sure if that is really where my interest in energy is that's okay. You can donate to your local food bank. Uh, please consider reaching out to your food bank, your your Indian MAT Friendship Center at Christmas time throughout mm-hmm. the year. And beyond that, think about your own sphere of power. So whether it is your workplace, and there has been recent legislation where federally yes. regulated workplaces have menstrual products available for you. I want work. it to be everywhere. That is like one of my biggest pet peeves. Me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. Like have something for me in the bathroom. Like I'm still gonna bring my own stuff, but like, should I need it? I should be able to get a tampon for my workplace. Yes. And it not be a cardboard one. Also, yeah, I hate the cardboard ones. <laughs> or OB, everyone. Or OB. Or OB. Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll yeah, send them out. You're right, Nicole. <laughs> like it. Yeah. But cardboard, I feel like is in the same category for sure. You know, yeah. so whether it's that or asking your local library, have you considered oh, offering free free menstrual products or your family support center in your community or your women's shelter or all sorts of places. I feel the like house too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amanda and I come from like criminal law. So that would be, that'd be so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. And you have enough stuff to worry about. You shouldn't have to worry about uh, rummaging around for a tampon if you need it. Right. So Absolutely. I I think they should be everywhere and just thinking about, and if none of that interests you, I want you to talk about menstruation around your kitchen table tonight. I want you to talk about it with your family members so we can start to destigmatize menstruation at all levels in our communities. Absolutely. What are some ways that you you see, I guess, um, period stigma changing? since like you gave like one example but like how do you see it like what do you want to see in the future besides menstrual products available everywhere um I guess do you want like people to learn earlier about periods like change Mm -hmm. like what's your vision board for periods 
not having to rely on Ravel, right? Like I, I want you to have good, solid information. I want everyone yes. to know about Dr. Jen Gunter's work. I want folks to mm. be aware of good, solid information. So you aren't scrounging for information or thinking that you're dying. That is an awful yeah. story. So I want folks <laughs> to be prepared, to be aware, and always, always considering inclusion as we do this work, because um, we have to include our two-spirit and trans menstruators and, and all of our advocacy as well. So um, yeah, I think there is deeper work. One of my most favorite stories with Moontime um, as you know, I like to talk about the tough things. Uh, I, I was talking to a group of um, members of, it was like a union convention. And uh, I had a lot of men like beat red, not wanting to make eye contact with me. And I just love those spaces. I love mm -hmm. it so, so much. But <laughs> as a result of that, um, I got an email that is still, I love it. He was an oil worker. He's an electrician and he had teenage girls and he didn't know how to talk to them about menstruation. And he, mm -hmm. um, he was like, I want you to know, Nicole, I actually, I talked about moon time with them. It was a segue I needed to actually oh. that space to talk to my girls. I have so, goosebumps. Right? So he was like, okay, girls, I'm going to the grocery store. Do you need me to pick anything up? Including that stuff that we were talking about the other day, you know, so creating space, mm -hmm. we're not able to measure those ripple impacts that Moontime Sisters has, but having a space where anybody, regardless of your gender identity, regardless of your class, race, or wherever you're at in our, mm -hmm. in our beautiful country, you have the information you need to, to talk about menstruation in a meaningful way. Absolutely. I went to a Catholic grade school. Um, and I, I, so I didn't learn anything at school, not a single thing. And then by the time you get to high school, it's like, you're already, you're already living it. Yeah, so what's in. the point? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's true. It just like, it's, it can be weird. Like I feel lucky in a sense that I had an older sister who's, who's exactly two years older than me. So we kind of go, went through things together and I, I played, sports my whole life so I was always on a team of like 20 girls going mm -hmm. through the same thing at the same time but as I've shared on this podcast many times is I had don't have a normal period like especially when I was younger and was first starting and I just thought something was wrong with me and I was just like weird and like so so people would be talking it was almost like the opposite like, people would be talking about periods and I'd be like yeah same mm -mm. like almost like feeling like I had to like <laughs> like pretend I was like having a regular period to like fit into the convos so even on the flip of that too like if you are in these open spaces sometimes they may not actually be the open that we all need and like having that education like I I wish I I learned the reality of of what a menstrual cycle is and if it's not 27 days like they tell you in the movies in the books you're not broken and it's fully like seven days seven I've never had that in my life seven days mm -mm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my Not gosh over. no yeah like the idea that a normal a normal period is cookie cutter is like not true like a quote-unquote normal period has a huge like swath of, variations, things, of days yeah. and variations and um normalizing not only talking about I guess there's phases and I'm pretty sure you probably see this in the people you're speaking to Nicole especially if you're seeing them over a certain amount of time is there's obviously phase to this but Hopefully we all get to a point where we're talking about everything about periods. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be beautiful. That would be so, beautiful. 
<laughs> what can how do you qualify for products through Moon Time Sisters? Oh, all you for need people to do that you just have to fill in a community request form. Uh so that's available off of our website. I can send you the links. I didn't think to do that and I should have. So yeah, we'll, we'll have them linked it. in the in linked in the show notes okay. for people. Yeah. So and that's like a week and a half away. Okay, yeah, perfect. Lots of time. I, or I can yeah. just send it to you later today. That that's an easy grab for sure. Um, so Northern and remote for us. So every community, every province is different, but, uh, for my province, uh, it basically starts in at Larange and North. So Larange is five hours North of where I am in Saskatchewan. And so anywhere beyond that is welcome to apply. We specifically uh, kept our mandate for Northern and remote because mm -hmm. they don't have the community-based organizations and community support that we have in other, um, mm -hmm. urban centers. So, uh, they just fill in a request form. Typically I'll say, Hey, uh, what is your relationship to community? So they can say, I'm a community health nurse. I'm a social worker. I'm a teacher. And then we ask how they're going to freely disseminate the product. And, um, it's just a series of questions that somebody is, is welcome to walk through. And then if they have any questions, then we'll get product out in the mail to them. So easy squeezy, zero cost to them. We pay for transportation and shipping, um, zero cost to community to get that out there. Wow. I can't imagine like the shipping costs <laughs> that that would accumulate because we sometimes mail things up north for my job and it's wildly expensive as is everything in the north. <laughs> yes. And depending on the size of things, I would highly suggest the prepaid boxes from Canada Post. They can be. Oh, really those are great. They're like $25 anywhere in Canada if it fits in this box. Flat rate. Oh, yeah. So when okay. you send, send it up, how... And I guess this could probably be a varied answer, but how, what is like a typical amount that yeah, you're box. shipping? Like, is it like for a, um, like a certain amount of people? Like, how do you gauge what yeah. you're putting in the box outside of preference? Yes. Uh, so we'll ask how large a community you're serving and how many of those folks they think are are menstruating. So it's a guesstimate to begin with. And they're free to ask for um, additional products as soon as they run out. So um, it, we're really looking to build a relationship with them. And then yeah. every single time you order, you can be like, I didn't try the period underwear the last time. I want to try it this time, you know? So, um, and recognizing, oh, I got menstrual cups and I only have three left. So I don't think I need any for now, you know? So we really try and mm -hmm. customize things. Uh, to meet the needs of the community. So uh, usually it will, and it depends on which chapter lead you're talking to. Ontario sends like a year supply all in one. I'm, I don't typically send a year supply in, mm -hmm. in my shipment. So it depends on who you're, who you're working with. So usually I end up spending about $300 for community for shipping product up when I, when I do it. Um, and that's typically right now I've been primarily sending up pads and period underwear at this point okay yeah wow that's incredible is just so yeah it's so awesome if people want to specifically our our canadian or local listeners are there ways that people can get involved so we talked about how they can be donating um are there ways that people can help with volunteering perhaps, or even just other kind of work that people could be doing to kind help eradicate period poverty. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
so you can, you can collect on your own. You can have, we've had people who, instead of having birthday parties, they just ask their friends to collect product for us. And then like, that's what they do for their oh my birthday. God, party. I love wow. that. Right. That's I know. a nice person. <laughs> well, it's so lovely. I had yeah. one family, they weren't buying Christmas presents for each other. They decide on a different community-based organization they want to do every Christmas. So then our, our, all of a sudden out of nowhere, where I was getting like 17 boxes of products from this family because they weren't oh. buying presents they wanted to give. So I that, love that. It depends on your capacity, honestly. If somebody wants to mm-hmm. donate a, a package and drop it off in one of the fixed locations and we have a great uh, relationship with a number of body shop locations. So um, people can drop off product year round. Um, and depending on where you're at in the country, there may be different uh, fixed locations. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's totally something that we're really open to. We want to always meet people where they're at, whether it's donors or the people who we're providing products for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we really want to welcome folks. Some people are really passionate about building a social media posts. Some, we have uh, volunteers who work with us in all sorts of ways. So yeah. And I also encourage you uh, to please follow us on social media. So whether it's Facebook or Instagram, uh, please consider uh, joining us on our journey and following our work and figuring out where we, where you can plug us into your life um, every single day. I love that. Plug your tag right here. Plug our tag, plug your tags now. Oh my gosh. Okay. So <laughs> if you're on Insta, I would look up Moontime Sisters ONT. So we're collapsing that into one large Insta at the end. So one of the things I didn't mention, um, we're in the middle of a rebrand and renaming uh, because sisters is not a term that all menstruators identify with. Mm-hmm. So in, in probably the next three months or so, you're going to see a shift to Moontime Connections. So we worked really closely with a uh, uh, a group of two spirit elders to figure out the right name for us. So oh, I love that. Oh, I got goosebumps again. <laughs> <laughs> so we're really excited about yeah. doing work to uh, create space uh, and always uh, focusing on, on our most marginalized. So creating space for our two spirit and transmenstruators. So yeah, that's uh, something that's coming down the pike. So Moontime Sisters Ooh. Ontario, and then just do a search for Moontime Sisters, depending on where you're at in the country. So we've got a BC chapter, a Saskatchewan chapter, um, Manitoba and Ontario. So wherever you're at, you can plug in. And there is also a general Moontime Sisters page. Uh, that you're also welcome to uh, join if none of your where you live isn't reflected in the in the the communities I've listed. Yeah, it's all lowercase too. It's easy enough to search. Just put throw it in the search and it'll come right up. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And we'll we'll be sure to link all that as well as the website um, mm-hmm. in the show notes for people so they can easily access that. So I have one more question for you, Nicole, before we switch gears and play a game with you, because we love to play games and we've kind of talked a little bit about this and alluded to another question, but I want to know how has Mm -hmm. this whole experience for you starting Moontime Sisters to where it is now, to growing, to expanding, to being able to, to ship millions of boxes out to community members how has it changed your own relationship with your period? Yes. I would say this work has been so humbling, but also unifying and really 
empowering. I absolutely had no idea. I thought it was going to be like five communities we're going to send a care project, care package to. And then like six weeks into it, we had 1500 followers on social media and I had already done a couple national interviews. So like I clearly, oh, chills. uh, (laughs) It just happened. Right. And then uh, this really cool woman was like, how can I support your work? And, and I was like, well, tell me about yourself. And then I was like, how about you do it on in Ontario? And and that's how I met Veronica Brown, right? So um, yeah, it's just been such an extraordinary thing that we've built, but I've also been so lucky to have really amazing people along for the ride. So whether it's our chapter leads in the different areas and it's our extraordinary volunteers who are so passionate about coming to our packing parties. I have a bunch of mom and daughter teams who always come and I just love it. Oh, I love so freaking cute. Being part of that. Right. And actually seeing them be a part of it, I think is so special. Yeah. So, um, Imagine yeah. doing that with your moms. That'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been so lovely. You wouldn't have got the OB. No. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought I was dying. <laughs> right? I know. Yeah. So I'm just, I, I think one of the biggest fallacies we're told in our society is that one person can't, isn't really capable of much. And I've been proven time and time again that you are profoundly powerful. And if you get an idea, um, I want you to consider acting on it because creating change with our communities isn't as hard as it sounds. And you never know where you might end up. You might end up uh, uh, leading a national period equity organization (laughs) and talking Mm -hmm. about tampons with extraordinary people um, (laughs) on the computer. So yeah, I just, I love my work. I'm profoundly thankful for it. And thank you for giving us the opportunity to shine a light on it. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. We're just so glad that you could come on. We feel lucky for you to be here. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Gracing us. Is there anything you wanted? Yeah. (laughs) Did you want to ask ask us anything at all? Or are we just ready to? Yeah. No, I've I've just been thinking about Yeah, I've been thinking about that. You said there's a game coming up and I was like, oh, (laughs) no. (laughs) <laughs> our games are fun we we, we okay. well, at least we think they're fun I don't know no okay. one's told us otherwise yet okay it's okay <laughs> they're they, yeah they're not like um anything that will make you rack your brain too much mm-hmm. it's All just, right. just easy light-hearted giggle yeah. okay okay yeah <laughs> all right so this is going to be period myths facts fact or fiction because you are a period guru, so we're going to get on with this. <laughs> what if I get it wrong? That's okay. They're just fun. They're just fun. It's okay. You, yeah. Usually we have like hypotheticals. They're pretty easy. That we I think they yeah. will be good. I think these are pretty easy because usually we're like, would you rather only have to use the same tampon for the rest of your life or like die? Like usually we have like crazy outlandish. Yeah. We we try to scale it back a little bit, a little bit, a little bit more, yeah. even more lighthearted than we usually do. Yeah, I would you. die of toxic yeah. shock, but yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, toxic shock syndrome happens if you leave the tampon in for too long, side yeah. note, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, so, <laughs> ready, <laughs> yeah, ex- absolutely, <laughs> foods like curd, tamarind, and pickles, or how do you, uh, t- tamarind, I think it, you tamarind. don't pronounce the D, tamarind, yeah. okay, tamarind, and pickles, can uh, change your menstrual flow. Is this fact, fact or, fiction? or fiction? Oh, yeah. 
this is definitely not an area that I'm familiar with. So <laughs> I'm going to say fact because I'm curious to know the answer. I don't know. It's fiction, but there okay. is a lot of people on uh, TikTok taking Tamarin to stop their periods. Yeah. Oh, like no. shots of it with lemon juice. Shit that goes down on menstrual <laughs> TikTok, Nicole. I don't know if you've gone down yeah. that rabbit hole yet, but the yeah. things that we find um, sometimes are shocking, which is oh no, why we need more people like you to increase education on what menstruation actually is. Um, yeah. So there are some crazy, like quote unquote, life hacks on how to stop your period. Um, which we find is interesting because, and we've reflected on this in previous, a previous episode where our version of that prior to social media, when we were teenagers was abusing birth control pills. And, and now it's like, what is in people, your spice yeah, drawer? <laughs> yeah. What is in your spice drawer? Can you take liquid ibuprofen so you can go to a concert? That was a trending TikTok at, at one point. So, oh man. Okay. Yeah. I'm feeling a little nervous that I got the first one wrong. So <laughs> no, don't, I'm, don't, don't, don't. I, mostly I'm cognizant of like some indigenous medicines being like so for some food, for some plants. And I'm like, yeah, oh, pull those. I don't know. So I'm like, I just assume that there's things I don't know about. So, um, feel free no it's better that you like answer that because not a lot of people know like fact like if it is a fact or fiction I should have started with because that a lot of people think that Tamron is uh can stop your period but it actually can't okay anyways so we're gonna go yeah I've got another one for you that uh kind of it, it builds off off the food one that we were kind of talking about so fact or fiction Nettle leaf tea can actually help with uterine health. Now I'm just nervous, everyone. (laughs) Now I'm just nervous. Go with your gut. Go with your gut. What do you think? Nettle leaf tea. I'm going to say yes, it does help. It can. You're right. Yes. Nettle leaf tea (laughs) has been used in indigenous cultures around the world and is now like taken on her like with herbalism as well as even more main more mainstream western medicine um that it can help your uterine health because it can help has antioxidants that can mm. help with blood flow and circulation and the building of your uterine lining so can raspberry leaf tea but nettle leaf in particular has a lot of antioxidants for that so it's it's really great during um your period if you're experiencing cramps for example or some other kind of funky symptoms mm-hmm. but also just in general throughout your cycle it's very good for your hormonal health and your uter- in your uterine lining mm. i know for red raspberry tea that like at the end of my when i was getting preparing for birth that that is uh was uh, suggested to me to and i drank quite regularly yeah it helps with cramps and yeah. Yeah, like elasticity of, of your uterus. So it's, it's also very good if you're experiencing cramps during your period. I love raspberry leaf tea. Oh, okay. Hot or cold. That's it's great. good both. And I usually combine the two. So I'm not drinking two cups of tea. I just have one and, and I'll add a little bit of honey for sweetness. And it tastes really good. Hot, and they taste well together. Mm. Okay. Yeah, they taste because awesome. raspberry leaf yeah, tea doesn't really taste like anything. Tea and then it's not yeah. really good at all. No, these ones go good. <laughs> and like nettle leaf is a little bit more earthy. And raspberry leaf kind of just doesn't taste like anything. So the two together, a little bit of honey, definitely good. Just don't let the nettle leaf sit in your teacup for too long because it can kind of get like almost like a murkiness to it. So you don't want to steep it forever. 
Okay. Thank you. This Thanks is my tips thank you. For you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Key tips with that. Veronica. Key tips with Veronica. Okay. <laughs> I'll take <laughs> over TikTok tips any day, apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think I'll just get, ask you one last one and then we'll let you plug Moon Time Sisters, Moon Time Connections yes. once more and then we'll, we'll let you get on with your day. Thank you. Uh, so. You shouldn't use a tampon until you're old enough. Fact or fiction? What does old enough mean? <laughs> like prob like had intercourse old enough. Oh no, no, that's silly. Mm-hmm. No, we agree. Sure. <laughs> I want to also yeah. acknowledge that I know that there are um, more like evangelical Christians who will steer clear of tampons because of, um, yeah. Cause penetration around, uh, yeah. Penetration on hymens and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to dig into that, but I just want to honor that people have uh, religious views around that. So recognizing mm-hmm. that, but that actually is, it plays into, uh, current society's view yeah. of using tampons and also to colonization. <laughs> that and also preference right because you know there are a lot of younger girls for example who will be like i'm my mom doesn't let me use tampons and they could be for that reason like you raised or something completely else or something similar and like a similar vein in in different cultures and religions and there's nothing to say what's right or wrong it's just whatever you feel comfortable with it's going to work for your body yes yep that's what Moon Time Sisters is, right? Whatever mm-hmm. is more comfortable for your body, for sure. Mm-hmm. But if you want to use a tampon, as long as you feel comfortable Go using it. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the key, though. You should feel comfortable using it. And pro tip, don't use OB first time around. Right, Nicole? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no hate to OB, but, you know, like, try an applicator for your first time. The OB is not yeah. the OG. Can't do that. <laughs> there we go. Very nice. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on and spending some time with us and talking about your amazing organization and sharing stories with us. We appreciate it so much. So please tell everyone where they can find you once more. We'll Mm -hmm. link it all in the show notes as well. um, So people can go and give you a follow and a listen as well. I love it. So yeah, you can follow us on Insta and Moontime Sisters ONT, as well as doing a quick Facebook search to find Moontime Sisters. And then if you do a Google search for moontimesisters.ca, you'll be taken to True North A's website where you can donate or figure out how to be a part of our community. So thank you so much for your time tonight. I really appreciate all of your work shining a light on women's health anytime you can. Thank you. thank you we echo that to you you you're before us so we're just we're just trying to follow the path that you've already you've already mm-hmm. lightened for us and as I shared with Nicole off screen before they were the first people my sister was like you have to get them on your podcast when I wanted to start it so I'm so glad we we're finally able to get you on and chat and yeah we appreciate it so much so yes, it's been so awesome yeah Miigwech team Miigwech for coming on Miigwech. Nicole yeah and and kind of just bringing everything Amanda and us and and I I love and do uh kind of full circle so serendipitous I love it wonderful
That's a wrap from us at PIP. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on all the socials at the PIP Podcast at Periods and Pain. Also, don't forget to check out our weekly blog post every Sunday at periodsandpain.ca. Until next time, keep pipping. The PIP Podcast is a division of Periods and Pain. The PIP Podcast is produced and edited by Veronica Guido and Amanda Thompson. Social media by Veronica Guido and Amanda Thompson.